A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is Bob Shoy, and with me this time is not Beef and Tiss, um, it's Rick, who's not with me as I record this. Um, I'm already making this too convoluted. Basically, uh, me and Rick did a special episode, but we forgot to record an intro for it, so I'm doing it right now. But what we did is we met halfway between our two houses in the middle of Lancashire to visit Pendle Hill, a notorious site for uh, witchcraft, especially one specific case of the Pendle Hill witches, which took place in 1612. And we walked the route and visited some locations that are relevant to that and uh, retold the story of the Pendle Hill witches. So that's the episode you're about to listen to. And I hope you enjoy it because it was a real fun one to do. It's going. Hi, Rick. Hello. You all right? Yeah, we're in uh, Bali, and um, not Bali, Indonesia. I was going to say, right? <laughs> the show's budget doesn't stretch that far. No, we're in um, Bali, Lancashire. Rick, it's the first time I've ever been to Lancashire. Well, it's in my home county now. I know. Yeah. I know. I've never been here though. I'm just going to jump in here. Uh, this is future Bob to say I have actually been to Lancashire before. I didn't realise that the place I went was in Lancashire. I've been to Southport. I've been to Southport before, which is in Lancashire. So I have been to Lancashire before, once. So we are doing a special episode, um, something we talked about for a long time. We're going to do uh, talk about the Pendle Hill witches and uh, all that stuff. And uh, it's sort of, we've sort of met halfway between our houses, really, haven't we? Certainly have, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting tale as well. Really a, a tale about four books, um, a whole cast of characters, uh, a lot of ignorance and sexism. And yeah, yeah. The Dark Ages, really. Well, Rick, I found this old Walking With Witches flyer online, which I then printed off. Oh, brilliant. Which has our route for walking. Um, and it's got information about the places we're going to visit. It's got some 10 amazing witch facts, which oh, we brilliant. can doll out. And then I've made myself some notes after reading a few various accounts and picking out the juicy bits. So between us, I think we should give, be able to give the listeners a good idea of what these, what these witches were about. 
I hope so. And I, I've got some notes on my phone, but we are in a, an absolute black spot here. I, I yeah. literally get like the satellite emergency only uh, connection. Black, so we'll black magic spot. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I guess we're going to get our bearings and find ourselves on this map. Yeah. yeah, listeners, if we get lost, I'm going off a piece of paper, which is not a good quality because this is an old, old walking guide map. We've got no. I haven't got my walking route app or anything because Becca does that stuff if I go for a walk normally. So well, we'll see how it goes. And, and if anyone finds these recordings, <laughs> please publish them yeah. posthumously. Right. Okay. Well, I was going to say love you lot. See you. Bye. But <laughs> <laughs> the shortest episode. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Right. So I guess we'll start recording when we find something interesting. Oh, Rick. By the way, on the way in, did you see? Did you come in a way where you saw like a statue of a witch? I didn't know. Ah, so no. coming from that way, at the side of the road as I was getting near, I was like, oh yeah, I'm in the right place. Oh, because there was like a big bronze statue of a witch as you got near. Oh, that's so cool. Now I saw yeah. road signs with little pictures of witches. On I saw that as well. Yeah, it, I'm yeah. hoping our walking route goes back past that statue because it looks pretty cool. Oh, awesome! Yeah. And I'll try and get I'll some some snaps for uh, the listeners to see. Brilliant. Right, let's let's shove off. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft So um, just trying to shield that wind We've uh, been walking for a good while now And we just realised we've been walking for a good while now in the Wrong direction? Yep, yep. Across a variety of fields, we've seen numerous sheep. Um, we're just in a mud, like a mud bowl. Uh, we haven't seen anything to do with witches. Um, seen a lot of mud, a lot of sheep. Seen a reservoir in the distance, which we were on the wrong side of. <laughs> but we're not lost. But, we've just uh, gone the wrong way. Yeah, we've just gone the opposite way around the route, and also, and even that is wrong. Even that isn't on the right path. I think even us trying to correct this wrong way has led us the wrong way. It come, it's coming to a point now where we might have to be climbing some fences, uh, Robin Hood and Little John style. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, there's a lot of fences, Rick. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can see it. Look, there's a path down there. If we can get to that path, we're golden. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is... Shocking. This is, this is a proper quagmire. I was thinking there would be witches and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even started going through the actual story yet. Oh. We're just detailing a failed hike. Yeah. <laughs> Reconvene next week and actually do it properly. <laughs> right, look. I'm saying look as if this is an option. Well, it kind of is, at least climbable. Yeah, but then it. Oh, hang on a sec. A road. There's, if we can get over this, over, over there's the another wire. path down there, but that's got another fence in front of it, but, but just avoid the barbed wire. We found a path. Hey. Uh, my shoelaces came on down on that fence, so I'm gonna have to stop at this bit of fence, but we're on a path. If we follow it, it should take us somewhere. That's very true. And um, that's, that's the update, so. Every bit of recording is just that's out of breath, but so we got to the top of a big hill. We think we think we're back on the route in the wrong direction, but um, 
But we got, I thought I'd stop and just say this is a lovely view. Like, there's some amazing views around here. It's gorgeous. I was going to ask you, Rick, while you're out of breath. <laughs> Pendle Hill. That's where we are. Yeah. It's the name of the area. Is there a specific hill which is Pendle Hill, or is it just the area called Pendle Hill? I think there is one specific hill called Pendle Hill. Right. And when we're down at the car park, there's a large one that overshadows most of oh, the area. Because I was going to say, if it's a natural hill, I think it's in that direction, that would be right then? Yes. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, it looks quite ominous and bleak. It's very fitting. Are we going to climb that after this? <laughs> no! <laughs> and the thing to bear in mind is what we're seeing right now, all this absolute bleakness, Back when the story was set in the 1600s, it was like this all around. I mean, yeah. Lancashire was so far removed from London that it was all built up. So it was very much scattered little communities and villages and hamlets. Oh, I'm so unfair. I will say we found a path and then about, after two minutes of walking on that path, it was like back into fields. And it is like climbing a... Well, I, mean, I am exaggerating, but it is like climbing a mountain. <laughs> if you're unfit, yes. Yeah, which we are. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll get some snaps of the surrounding area because Americans they love all this. Oh, they do. When I show them the area. So we're like I said, we're in Lancashire. Listeners, um, you know I live in Leeds. That's Yorkshire. This is the county to the um, west of that, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Directly west. Uh, yeah. I'm in West Yorkshire, so it must be. Yeah, old uh, long-standing rivals as well. But do you know what? To get here, I actually had to drive through North Yorkshire. My route. Ah. I went up and then across. Now so mine's just straight through good old Lancastrian territory. Yeah. And the yeah, old rivals, as we said before. The red rose and the white rose. That's it. Um, I know I'm the white rose because when the football match is on, I can hear when the big football match is on, so I live in the middle of the city. And I hear all the Leeds fans chanting, White rose, white rose. That's what they chant through the city. D didn't they lose? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let, let's not get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> you can still have pride. <laughs> I mean, look at the. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that. <laughs> um, I'll get to you a witchy fact while we're walking, while we're out of breath, to distract myself from the climb. Perfect. Because I've got a thing here, 10 amazing witch facts. Let's see how amazing they are. Um, hopefully this is recording all right, guys. Forgive me if it's not the best quality. I'm not holding it that close to my mouth a lot of the time. And I'm looking out for these pits. There's mud, right. Number one. Oh, these are a bit lame, actually. <laughs> I should have checked them before I read them. The word witch comes from the Anglo-Saxon wicker, or wise one. Ah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I can tell. I can tell that one blew your mind. It's um, really you had to take a pause there to just soak it in. <laughs> I, I can I can expand on that a little bit. So, well, hey, witches, yeah, uh, in England, were generally older women, normally widows, uh -huh. and they were more like uh, an apothecary. Well, that is the case for the both the main women of this story. Exactly, yeah. And they, they were known as cunning women. Uh-huh. And uh, so they would deal in things like herbs and poultices, elixirs. Yeah. And obviously that was all tied up with the dark arts and black magic. So they got accused of being witches because of that lack of understanding. And also all of the uh, persecution at the time of Catholics in England. Yes, yeah. Because otherwise of Protestantism. 
and uh, King James I being on the throne, who himself was very superstitious, so much so he wrote a book called Demonology, which is still available. I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be so great if we still lived in a time where the royal family were writing books on demons? I'd love it, I'd love it. I want to see King Charles <laughs> pop out the latest one. Demonology 2. Right, number two. <sighs> These aren't really fat, okay. Just take a pause. Wicca, as witches to you and me, as yep. you've learned, used their, this is in quotes, magic in pagan rites to bring good harvests. Okay. I don't know if that's a fact, because is it factually true that it brought good harvests? Well, I don't know. Well, they yeah. did it though, that's the fact, isn't it? They did it. Because it's got roots in paganism, hasn't it? Yeah. And a lot of that was about you know, worshipping the earth, good harvest, good weather, good health for people, mm. and that sort of thing. Sounds all right. Number three, again, this is, it is a fact. <laughs> By the 14th century, and you kind of already covered this, people saw a sinister side to witchcraft. Yeah. Was there an unsinister side to witchcraft? Because it all, it... I don't think so. Because <laughs> it's written in the original Bible, uh, <clears throat> you shall not suffer a sorcerer to live. Right. And then in the King James Bible, who was just chatting about, yeah. he translated that to, you shall not suffer a witch to live, ah. which was another reason for well, the persecutions. That's the thing with translation, isn't it? It, completely change, it can completely change meaning. Revisionist history, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, had to do a lot about the King James Bible and stuff in my studies over the last year. Uh, married, sorry, unmarried, <laughs> completely different, <laughs> unmarried or widowed women, would use their reputation as healers to earn a living. There you go. That's, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. That's what we're just saying. Um, like, like the women, the head women of this story we're going to tell eventually at some point. <laughs> uh, old Demdike and uh, what's the other one? Um, Mother Chattox. Chattox, yeah. yeah. In the 15th century, witches were portrayed flying astride wolves, goats, and even a shovel before the broomstick became a common image. Yeah, and they were frequently depicted with familiars as well, like dogs, uh, toads was another one, hares, yeah. cats, yeah. Um, Which is why you get the whole uh, witch with the black cat thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I also saw a film where they were riding on vacuum cleaners. Why <laughs> not? Was it Hocus Pocus? <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, there we go, we're gonna, I'm going to save the others. Yeah. And let's get to the top of this fucking hell. Oh, <laughs> Here we go. We uh, <laughs> reached the summit. Rick, I might go start going into the story a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. I was going to tell some more facts, but let's save them. Juicy little nuggets. So, I've sort of divided the story up here. As you said before, this whole thing takes place in the early 1600s. Yeah, 1612? Uh, yeah, that's when the first, first incident happens. And as you said before, time of religious persecution, yep. time of superstition, mm -hmm. um, and those suspected of witchcraft were sentenced to death. Yeah, it was. They weren't fucking around. No, and the uh, the trials were absolutely brutal as well. Yes, they were. It was that sort of thing where uh, to prove if someone was a witch, you either threw them in water, and if they floated. They were a witch. Yeah. If they drowned, they weren't a witch. Yeah. Or you'd burn them. Yeah. If they didn't burn, 
they're a witch. And if they did burn, they're innocent. It's one of them like, if you're lucky, you got hung. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, hanged. I always get that the wrong way around. <laughs> and I said it the wrong way around on a podcast, well, and listeners did not man. did not let it go. <laughs> because the episode I did it on, I actually corrected someone, and they are the one that said it right, and it made me look like a right twat. <laughs> Um, so apologies to uh, the episode that Beef's, Reich, Beef's wife Rachel did for us, where I corrected her saying hanged. <laughs> I know I'm wrong now. I've apologised to her. And if she's listening to this, I'm apologising again, Rachel. You, I, you should know. You're the historian. <laughs> she's literally a historian. But then I was like, well, I'm a language student, so uh, <laughs> oh, I think I'm probably dear. right. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, that's beside the point. So around Pendle, which is where we are now, mm-hmm. as we're recording... Um, there were two rival families, yes. which we alluded to before. Uh, names of it was the um, Devis and the Chattocks. Well, no, the Demdike. Oh, oh Dev- so this is where it gets confusing. It was the grandmother, wasn't it? Demdike is the the head matriarch. Yes, and her daughter is Devis. Devis, that's the so one. the head Sorry. matriarchs were Demdike and. and Chattocks, that's the one yes. I'm getting confused. So the two royal families, um, they're both widowed matriarchs at their head. Yep. And they were known around the area as Old Demdike and Mother Chattox, yes. which is just great. Isn't it? Great names. They are Perfect witch names. Witch names for and for, yeah. Um, and they lived in poverty. They were not wealthy families yeah. uh, by, any, by any stretch of the imagination. And they were in their 80s, I believe. They were very old for the time. They were old. Again, that's like, they must be witches yeah. to be that old and healthy and still living. Um, but as you said, they're making money through herbs, medicine, and quote-unquote magic. Yes. Um, local healers, basically. Yeah. Um, often known for exaggerating the uh, efficacy of their cures. Yeah, because uh, it bought them business. Yes, exactly. So that's, that's the uh, background. But as you said, uh, 1612 is where it all kicks off in March. Yes. And I've got this. Uh, I've got headings for the different parts of what happened here. So first of all, we've got the altercation. Yes. We're giving them good titles here. Um, and it says I've I've got it. We're in a bit of a disagreement here because we've seen it written as granddaughter or daughter. Yes. And and this is Devis. Yeah, this is. So um, do you know what happened with Alison Alison Devis? Yeah. So uh, Alison Devis was uh, out walking along the road one day when she came across a peddler. Yes. And asked to buy some pins from him. Ah. Uh, well. Ah. There's some that say maybe she didn't ask to buy and she was just trying to scrounge some. Ah. Oh, okay. So they were beggars. Yeah. So very poor. It's she was either trying to buy some or trying to scrounge some off him. Yes. Yeah. So he passed her by and ignored her. And then there's a couple of different accounts on this. Uh, one of the books says that she allegedly uh, summoned her familiar, who was a oh. dog. <laughs> um, others say that she just turned around and, and placed a, a curse upon yeah, the man. Yeah, that's all I've got. She curses him, yeah. is my bullet point. Yeah. Um, I love, there's a lot of good names in this story. Because this peddler, John Law. Yeah. John Law and Alison Devis. They just sound like, they sound fictional. But it's real. It's a real story, guys. Oh, Johnny Law had a, had a bad old time with it, <laughs> he unfortunately. Did. He did. Um, so shortly after that curse, he collapses. Um, now people thinking it's possibly he had a stroke. Yeah. yeah uh, there's, a, there's a description of it. Um, so for listeners, there's, there's a book called uh, The Wonderful Discovery of Witches in Lancashire that details this whole case, including the court proceedings, 
and it details what, exactly what happened to this man. Now, I don't have it word for word, but it said down his right side, he went lame, mm-hmm. and his face drooped on one side. Right, okay. And, and he was he was bed-stricken. Yeah, that sounds like a stroke. That that makes sense. Because, yeah, it didn't, it didn't explain, like, his ailments. It just said, like... Mm. He collapsed and it was possibly a stroke. I did um, see uh, an interview with a, a, a doctor and, and he said that what probably happened was that she placed the curse upon him mm. um, and because he was in earshot, he panicked, his yeah. blood pressure spiked and that's what caused the stroke. It's just unfortunate timing. Because at that time, they, people did believe these these crazy broads were, <laughs> were witches, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, well, medicine was pretty much draining your blood or hacking a limb off. Mixing time periods. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know about history. Um, anyway, and she he uh, he blamed the whole the whole affair on Alison. He did, yeah. So, but she also blamed herself because yes. she, she went to his bedside absolutely stricken and admitted everything that she had done and was absolutely ridden with guilt about it. They started believing in their own power. Yeah. So that's that's where we'll leave it for now. That's the altercation. Uh, next, we've got the accusation (laughs) so we'll come back to that later Um, before we move on before we push on we're at the crest of a hill it's a bit windy sorry if there's some interference I'm trying to block it Um, before we head on downhill which will be a lot more pleasant I'll tell you you one more witch fact (laughs) and this is from the uh, walking with witches um, leaflet that I found (laughs) online and printed up so where were we it was. Okay, I was looking for a real juicy one, and it's actually it. It was thought that the sound of church bells could bring down flying witches. Really? I've not heard that one. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. So no. there we go. Hmm. Yeah, that's never come up in any of my research or anything, or, or anything I've ever read on witches. Um, one more. One technique to prove whether a person was a witch is what Richard said: swimming or ducking was explained in a book written by James the First. <laughs> Doesn't actually tell you yeah. what it is, that's the end of the that, fact. That'll be the demonology book, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just because kids might get this leaflet. They're yes. not going to tell them that yeah. they're drowning the crazy bras. <laughs> <laughs> they're going for a swim with the fishes. <laughs> See? <laughs> they're giving them a concrete overcoat. <laughs> I don't know what's that. It's that wine. It's gone right to my head. <laughs> it's apparently old uh, King James, as well as being very superstitious before he took the throne. He uh, he took that into a lot of what he did, and he actually attended a lot of witch trials and sat in them and interviewed these alleged witches. So he he was he was very fervent, and a lot of the persecution was political sucking up, mm. and that's what fueled a lot of this. Uh-huh. I'm glad I didn't stop recording. Rick's just chucking out some more nuggets there for you. <laughs> I'll write my own pamphlet. <laughs> we um <laughs> went the wrong way again. <laughs> yep, just found a sign pointing the other way that says where we should be going. A mile and a quarter away. <laughs> and that field we just went over, we should there was an easier that way. Was fucking hazardous. So I was just entering every time we've come to a junction, we've gone the we've taken the wrong option. Somehow it's actually amazing. What? It's like the opposite of gambler, good luck gambler, like a lucky streak. This is like it's a, the witch's curse. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, this is the witch's curse. They don't want us revealing the story. Um, so there we go. You can hear we're not in a field now. There's actually traffic. I'm gonna give you another uh, just to take the edge off of this bad news of us going the wrong way. Another fact. Hit me. Um, James I, here he is again. Hey, Probably friend. something you've already said again. Yep. 
Uh, also recommended looking for... No. He also recommended looking for the devil's marks on suspected witches. Ah. Marks such as birthmarks could be seen as the devil sealing his covenant or compact with the suspect. Yeah. Now, this is something else that's written in that demonology book. And right. it was generally left to doctors or midwives to, to shave and investigate witches to look for these marks. But these marks could be deemed as anything. So, you know, birthmark, moles, whatever. It was just a, a tool of persecution, basically. And this story does involve a mark. I don't know if you come across that. One of the characters in the story did have a birthmark they considered suspicious. Oh, no. I didn't yeah. So um, I can't remember who or when or why. I just remember it coming up. So we'll come to it later on. <laughs> um, yeah. Go on, then let's do one more. The witch's hat was an exaggeration of the 17th century Puritan hats. Points were associated with the horns of the devil. Ah, didn't know that. There you go. So all these um, things you associate with witches, the broom, the flying, the familiars, the hats, they all have something... It wasn't someone just drew it and thought that looked cool one day. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't there all this around the same sort of time as the Salem witch trials as well? Um, I don't know my American history that well. I would presume so, though. Yeah, I, th- I think it was a lot of the fear that was taken over from sort of European culture about yeah. witches and witchcraft and all this hysteria. And it fueled that. Obviously, you know, that's an entirely separate topic. I mean, I would have loved to have done a Weird Tales Goes to Salem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, listeners. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have loved to have done another Weird Tales holiday because Transylvania was incredibly fun. Yeah, I bet. I've always wanted to go there. It's really fun. It's really good. It looks beautiful as well. And we spoke to um, previous guest on the show, the Reverend Peter Laws. He um, he went to Transylvania for his birthday, so we shared some stories. But yeah, we we definitely, I'm recommending it on his behalf and mine and Beef and Tis. We all loved it. It's a wonderful place to visit. I was going to start telling another bit of the story, but then we hit an uphill. Yeah, that's the trouble so, when you're talking. Like this. I'm going to wait till we get to the top, and then I'll move on to. The accusation. Nice. So we're standing outside Sadler's farm right now, um, which is now, believe it or not, a Christian centre. Yeah, the, the Shekinah Christian Centre. And I'm wondering if they know... Oh, they know. ...what land they're on. They know. Because Sadler's farm is the possible site, possible, for Demdike's home. Yeah. Old Demdike. Um, and Malkin Tower. Yeah. Rick, you told me something about Malkin Tower earlier. Yeah, uh, Malkin Tower was the uh, family home for Old Demdike and the uh, and the uh, Devis family. And uh, Malkin Tower uh, actually translates to in sort of Old English, basically shit towers. Mm. So it, it was it's not some grand castle. It was a, a rundown old farm, but now it just seems like a, like a regular old little farm there and, and the Christian centre. And wasn't. There was a meeting. At, that wasn't at Malkin, was it? It was. Oh, so it we'll was. get to it later on in the story. But there's an important meeting which happened on the land we're standing on yeah, now. Which is one of the big turning points in the story, really. It's, yeah, a big turning point. Uh, while we stop, let's, let's do the next part of the story. Yeah. Um, Seems like a, a fit in place. Yes. So where was we up to? The accusation. Yeah. So Alison, after this whole deal with John Law, mm-hmm. she's taken to a local magistrate by the name of Roger Noel, uh, where she confesses, as you said, she confessed to it all. Yep. Um, and she says that she asked the devil to lame John Law. Wow. So that's which led to him collapsing. 
Um, she also implicates her grandmother, yep. slash mother, we haven't decided on that, old Demdike, as well as some members of the Chatox family, possibly as just an act of revenge for their yeah. feud. Because the reason for the feud here was that they believed that Chatox had allegedly stolen some goods from them, had gone into the house and stolen one pound's worth of goods, equivalent to about £100. I also read that um, the Chatex family were, in, in effect, blackmailing the, the Devis family. Yeah, that's right. So uh, the Devis family were paying them, I think it was uh, eight pounds of uh, oats every year. Right. Um, and the year that the husband didn't give them any oats was the year that he died. Ah, interesting. So I didn't have the oats thing. I have got um, that Alison's farmer, father, farmer, <laughs> Alison's father, had blamed them for his illness. Hmm. He had said it was their fault that he'd... When he was ill, he blamed them for it. Yeah. And it's because of this, they weren't paying yeah. up there. so then they blamed it on witchcraft of uh, old Chattox. And that led to his death. So yeah. that's another possible reason why she was like, yeah, it was them as well, though. They were part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that dragged this other family in. Yeah, and obviously they were already rivals because of the, the, the witches in the family. Yes. Who were, who were basically running their businesses as healers. And so if one was getting business, the other one wasn't. And let's do the final witch fact before we push on a little Go bit. Then. Matthew Hopkins, do you know who that is? I do not. Um, you might know him better as the Witchfinder General. Oh, yeah. I didn't know his real name either. Um, it's cool the name, isn't it? Yeah. Matthew Hopkins was dubbed the English Witchfinder General. After starting his work in 1645, he was responsible for the hanging of 68 witches. Oh, Jesus. Whew. So there we go. Bad bugger. That's proud work you can hang your hat on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was Sadler's Farm. We should come across Bull Hole next. I forgot we're going backwards. Yes. I was like, we must have missed the others. No, no, no. Well, we've now seen probably the key piece of this whole story, so I'm happy. I can't believe it's a Christian centre. I know, and they know what they're doing. Do you think so? Yeah, of course they do. They reclaimed it in the name of God. You know it goes. I'm going to roll straight into the next part of the story because it kind of continues on from the accusation. Yeah. Um, this is the interrogation. Ooh. This is April. We're now to April. So it's a month later. It's still going on. Uh, Devis and Demdike are questioned further at Ashlar House where they brag of their witchcraft. It's just not a good idea, is it? No. But then again, you know, the victors write history, so... Yeah. Hmm. So they, these are some of the things that are bragged about by the people at this interrogation. Um, they blame four previous deaths in the village on uh, Mother Chattox. James Demdike claims that Alison had cursed a child in the village. James Demdike, is he the son? He's the son. He's yeah. the son. So I couldn't tell if he... I think he's the son and Alison's his daughter. Oh. I think it's like old Demdike... James Demdike, Alison Devis, Janet Devis. Oh, because I thought it was old Demdike, Elizabeth Devis as the mother, and then the rest of her children. Right, but maybe. I, I it know. gets confusing. Yeah, I forgot about Elizabeth, because she comes up next. Yeah. Elizabeth claims of an odd marking on her mother's body. On her mother's oh, body, Dev- that's uh, old Demdike, yeah. So Elizabeth, so this is the mole, the birthmarky thing. Yeah. Uh, apparently, old Demdike had a mark on her body. Probably just a birthmark, isn't it? Yep. Where the devil had sucked on her blood 
and the aftermath had left old Demdike slightly mad, according to Elizabeth. Mm. So there you go, birthmarks. Have you got any birthmarks? Two, yeah. Have you? One on my back and one on the back of my right knee. Oh. Yeah, marks of the devil. Mm-hmm. I've got a very, very slight one, and it's a white birthmark, so it's hard to see against my pasty skin. Uh, just on the side of my side. Oh. What's that called? Just your side, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, on, just on my, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just on my flank. <laughs> um, I've lost my page now, I was too busy trying to point to my, my flank. I've also got vitiligo on my arm, which would probably be considered a mark of the devil. Definitely, the day, definitely. Sure. Now I'm walking with a witch. What other things do they confess to? Demdike and Chattox both confessed to selling their souls during their lifetime. And Redfern. Do you know who that is? No. See, that's Chattox's daughter. Oh. Okay. So Anne Redfern is claimed to have been creating clay dolls for witch ritual. Ah, no, that's One of them come up later, right? Yeah, yeah, because like, clay magic was the thing back in the day as yes. well, because clay's like the element of the earth, and it was considered like, the, a, a base tool of creation. Uh-huh. It's mentioned quite a lot of times in the Bible, so it's heavily equated with witchcraft, especially if you're making idols. Yes. So she was making those, and they also claim to have met the devil himself at the nearby quarry. It's busy chap, isn't it? Uh, we're actually going to be going past that quarry. Oh, nice. Apparently, if we go the right way. Maybe you'll drop in. So we should be able to go where they claim to have had their meetings with the devil himself. And maybe uh, he'll decide to show up. Interview him. C- can I give you an interest in which fact now? You can. So, uh... I'm out of mind, so yeah, go for it. The, uh, the tortures that they used to met upon witches were considered a form of exorcism. So it would start very light and build up to getting worse and worse and worse. And the church would normally first arrest witches and they would torture. And the church didn't have the, the powers then to execute if there was no confession. So the church could keep these people, I think it's for up to a year, I read. And then if they didn't confess, they would turn them over to secular authorities who had all the power that they wanted. So often if the church couldn't extract a confession, the secular authorities would just kill these people anyway as witches. I just bought facts written on here. I did that. And they're, and they're pretty weak, to be honest. Sorry, uh, witch's guide. But um, Step your game Rick, Rick's got the real info here. Yeah, drop me a line. I'll sort your pamphlet. So after all this bra- bragging, all this uh, bravado and braggadocio, the uh, judge, what was the judge's name? Roger. Roger. <laughs> Roger Noel. He detains Old Demdike, Alison Davis, Mother Chattox and Anne Redfern to stand trial for witchcraft. And that was in Lancaster Jail, wasn't it? Well, they're just held at this point locally. Oh. And it's just those four at this point. Okay. Like we said, there's an event which happens at the tower, which is a real turning point for this story, and that's the next thing. Yeah. And that's part four, which we'll come to in a bit, called... Oh, called... The meeting. <laughs> well, I called, oh. it, I called it the feast. Oh, no. <laughs> called the feast. And <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> cut. <laughs> Those fingers through my hair. That's like I'm hither stare. That strips my conscience bare. It's witchcraft. Give me three fingers of milk, ma. Mm. So we're uh, just next to the land that was the quarry. What's it called? There's a name. It's got 
Or what are we saying? Foul? Foul, yeah. Foul's quarry. Falls. Uh, or falls, yeah. It was here that Demdike claimed to have met the devil. It says, quote here, About 20 years ago she met near the stone pit at Goldshaw Booth the devil in the shape of a boy wearing a coat half black, half brown, who said his name was Tib. Hmm. I've never heard the name Tib for the devil. I also read the um, old Chattox where it says that she spoke to the devil. Mm. Uh, apparently, one of the, the recordings of what she, she said was that she spoke to a Christian man who said that he would grant her um, respect, power, and vengeance upon anyone she so wished. Ooh. Which doesn't sound very Christian. No, to that's, me. that's literally my next comment. Hmm. In return to her, for her soul, she promised she would have anything she desired. So, there we go. Hmm. She obviously didn't get it. No. Well, we don't know what she desired, but I don't think she got it. Um, so we walked past a load of farms. I think some of them must have been um, these... I didn't clock the names, but we, we walked past them. Um, I'm not going to pretend that we were standing outside them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Moss End Farm we walked past, um, and that was the home to John and Jane Bullock. Um, which James testified at the trial that they had been responsible for the death of Jane, the death of Jane Dean. So she's one of their victims, basically. The farm, yeah. One of the farms we walked past, one of the witches' victims, apparently, it's lived just, in one of them. Just down the road, wow. And Bull Hole Farm, which is one of the others we walked past, uh, was the home of John Nutter. Um, two of his cows died. One was said to have been bewitched by Demdike, the other by Chattox. Wow. So they literally just live within Couple a few of hundred metres of each other. So it's probably more like neighbourly squabbles. Yes, yeah, that's what it Bloody is. Hell. Yeah. And um, we're just about to walk into New Church. Um, but I'll tell you what, while we're sat here, let's continue the story. Because yeah. we've just come from the tower and that's a, a major part of the next instalment, the feast. Um, so the, the families all meet together. While So we've got Mother Chattox, Old Demdike, Alison Devis and Anne Redfern, they're all uh, detained at this yeah. time. And they're due to stand trial. Um, so while this is going on, the rest of the family say, let's all meet up uh, about this. Let's all meet up at Malkin Tower regarding the situation. And this happened on Good Friday. So James Devis, Alison's brother, for this big meeting, mm. thinks, I oh, know, I'm going to go and steal a sheep. Yeah. And... Um, they, all, they, they kill the sheep and, and cook it up and have a big feast on, on the mutton from it. Um, but they get caught. Yeah. And um, a further eight people are detained. This brings it up to 12 people now. So something I read about this was that this was most likely, this was most likely uh, an, an Easter gathering because mm-hmm. of the outlawing of Christianity at the time. Mm-hmm. They were gathering to celebrate Easter and you know, the resurrection of Jesus and all that jazz, hence the stealing of the lamb for a good old bit of mutton. So uh, uh, there's another reason that they were being persecuted is because apparently the the, the, the Nutter family who live, lived nearby were were very heavily Catholic and they even had a couple of preachers a few generations ago who were persecuted and I think killed. Mm. So the the guy that came to to arrest them was a constable called Henry Hargreaves. What a name. Great names, great names. Awesome. And he was sent by the magistrate who had heard that there was this meeting going on. And it was about, um, basically there was a lot of it was the suspicion that they were going to do a prison break. Yeah. They thought that's what they were meeting up about. Mm. Possibly prison break and possibly to blow up the castle. Yeah. Because this is around the same time as um, the parliament, how's the parliament was. was, Yeah, Yeah, so there was a lot of paranoia about blowing up of of, um, 
you know, important buildings. So they thought that they were going to do a forksy. Yeah, and King James was apparently especially paranoid of this because uh, I think it was, it was his father was the one who was targeted or his right, grandfather okay. was targeted in that. So yeah, he was, uh, he, was, he was a very paranoid ruler as well as all of the superstitions that we mentioned previously. So um, on, the, on the way to check out this um, meeting... Henry Hargreaves also stops at St Mary's Church, which we sat right next right, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't even do this on purpose. Um, on the grounds, he finds human bones. It is a churchyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> human teeth, again. Uh, but he also finds some clay idols. Dun, dun, dun. Which James Devis confesses to using. He confesses that these are his idols and he used them and that's why they were there. Now, a lot of these things when they say confesses, I'm assuming I'm assuming these were confessions that were brought about from torture or just being kept in those squalid conditions and just like any well, ways to try and get out. I don't know because they haven't at the point of at this point in time, these people haven't it's just like they just can't help themselves. They're just like, Yeah, it's me. They haven't been held yet. Like they're about to get in the f- last section, the trial, mm. they are going to be put to trial but at this point he's already they're already confessing to shit yeah it just feels a bit like calm down guys (laughs) (laughs) making a rod for your own back here but then I I do wonder what made them confess I I have no idea if they knew that death was on the cards for them I mean maybe they were just tired of being kept in those squalid conditions for so long so I read it was a year that the majority of those people who were arrested at the feast were kept in Lancaster Castle for uh, a year and uh, I think it was old Demdike and Chattox actually died. One, one of them died. Oh. Um, it will be on my notes. Yeah, one of them did die in custody. Like, they are kept... is the proper, as you imagine, like, dank, dark dungeons. Yeah. For yeah. a good old time. And I, I read that she died from prison fever. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> and uh, I read that the cell that they were kept in as well was apparently 14 feet by 12 feet, and there was a total of about 23 people in there. <sighs> Yeah, that's pretty grim. Hell of a lot, yeah. Dank stone cell for a year. So when we when we have our next stop, which I imagine will be like in the village of Newchurch, we'll go over the um, the final part of the tale that we just alluded to, the, the dungeon and the trial and everything, and, um, and and give the facts on that. But yeah, at this point now, we've got 12 people yeah. held all over this guy not sending us some pins. Yep. It's where it all started. So it's, a, it's an interesting tale. Yeah. Anyway, let's, um, like I said, we're just about to walk past St Mary's Church where um, them clay idols were used and found. And we're going to walk through the village of New Church. Do I have some notes on New Church? Um, the village is named after the New Church of St Mary's, consecrated in 1544. Oh, let's go, let's go to the church. This might be quite interesting. All right. So we're standing in the churchyard of St Mary's and if you look at the tower you'll find the eye of God painting on the side to ward off evil. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll let go. Got like a blue, <laughs> blue eyes. I have to leave Rick here while I go and have a look. Oh look. Do some of the, some of these surnames of the Hargreaves. Hargreaves. Jonathan Hargreaves. As we enter, I wonder if he's uh, related to Henry Hargreaves the constable. Jonathan Marianne. Oh. Right. Oh no, 1894. Uh, no. We need to 
Looks potentially a descendant. I mean, this is an old churchyard. This is eerie. Right, it says to the right of the porch. Lieth the body of Henry Worth? Here we go. 1960, that one. Read the surname on this one. Let's see. Can't read it. N. U. Nutter. Oh my god. Nutter. It's um. It's not the the uh, the witch nutter. I don't think. It's still a very old one. 1651. Yeah. So it must have been. Yeah. Look. It's that say Ellen Erin Erin. Elrin. Elrin Nutter. George Nutter, Isabel Nutter. So this is potentially the children. Anne Marie Nutter. Wow. There is a witch's grave inscribed with the name Nutter to the right of the porch. Yeah, look, with a skull on it. Just there. Cool. Wow. Snap a picture of that bad boy. It's much too late to be Alice Nutter's grave. So yeah, yeah. I reckon, but potentially like the, the children of Nutter. Wow. Because yeah, this is... This is the same sort of timeline, isn't it? There's other names under there as well that I can't see. <laughs> um, Demdike would send her grandson James to the church to steal communion bread. Uh, <laughs> on one of his return journeys, he met a thing in the shape of a hare which threatened to pull him to pieces for failing to deliver the bread. Wow. Whoa. -ho. Um, James testified at his trial that Chattox had stolen teeth from skulls dug out of the church's graveyard. So that's a lot of history right in this here, place. Yeah. I'm going to get a picture of this uh, witch's grave. Yeah. There we go. You can tell there's a section down there that's blatantly like Victorian. You can just tell by those grave designs. Like yeah, yeah. Monoliths. But this, all this must be like all the old graves. Some of these go back. Oh my god. Becca's gone out to my favourite... Sorry. <laughs> this is my find is being first I've got reception. Oh, listeners, there's, uh, we might have men mentioned it a few times on the pod. Um, Tiss and Beef are a big fan of this place when they come up to Leeds as well. But North Star, my favourite coffee place. Becca's just sent me a picture from there. She dared go without me. <laughs> Trouble at home. I mean, that porridge looks fantastic. Look at that beauty. Oh, oh yes. So, that was a picture of the porridge, not Rebecca, by the way. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, what do we do? Yeah, warding yeah. them off. Lovely bit of ambience as I record. With a priest. That's 12 o'clock midday. That's a, it's, 
That makes it a lot more real, I think, seeing a, a grave like that. It's yeah. Quite fascinating. I didn't realise it was going to be that much of a witch's grave. Yeah. In a churchyard of all places. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting, it's not hers. It's like, again, it's... They, they, uh, they would still bury their descendants in a church, but also we just want you to know, though, they want to put a mark on their grave still. Yeah, because the witches like grave. That's sins it's of it. the father stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised at the number of bodies that were interred in there as well, because I counted at least five or six names. Yeah. I was trying to... I'm just going to give up on the gag. I was going to make a joke about them being buried interred <laughs> because they're witches. <laughs> I was going in that dragging their name through the mud. You can see That's where I was going, going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I just, just give up on it. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. <laughs> All right, let's have a look at the map. Oh, it is witches galore. Yeah. Do you know when it opens? No. Twelve. Ah, <laughs> we the first customers of the be. day. Oh, so we're at, uh, a little witch on the sign as well. Yeah, witches everywhere. Yeah? Famous for the Pendle witches who lived there in the 17th century. New church has changed very little over the centuries. St Mary's Church at the centre of the village is steeped in history. There's been a chapel on the site since 1250, with a later chapel being consecrated in 1544. And this is where we just were, look, the Eye of God, painted on the side of the tower. Yeah. The Easter porch up against the south wall is the alleged grave of Alice Nutter. There I don't go. think it's Alice's. One of the famous Pendle witches. Maybe she is in there. first name. Maybe she... Her name wasn't put on it, though. Ah. Do you know what I mean? I That's... didn't know that. The Quaker movement started in Pendle after founder George Fox climbed Pendle Hill in 1652 and had a vision of great people waiting to be enlightened and gathered in. I mean, when we climbed that other hill, I felt like I was having visions. <laughs> I'm tired I was when I got to the top. So just up ahead of us, let's have a look. There's a special shop. I can see the signpost on the side. Oh, that's great. Some witches. I can't believe in a place this small, they can warrant having this little shop. No, that's great. Witches galore. Witches galore. The little shop with a big reputation. Oh my god. Shop open. Sunday, 12 noon. I'm actually quite nervous about it. <laughs> so we've got, they got all sorts and you can imagine this. Is <laughs> Skulls, of course. Yeah, there's a teapot shaped, or teapots and like cauldron shaped mugs. Um, Witch dolls, stained glass. Mugs. A tea mug that says witches brew. I mean, I might have to get that. <laughs> <laughs> this one, Pendle Witches Lancashire. Look Love at that it. mug. It's got to be done. I might have to get that. Wonderful. Not Wiccan sort that of stuff. That t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, Green Man stuff everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, should we go and have a look around the I Witches Galore shop? I think we've got it. Right. We're here? I'll let you know, listeners, if we purchase anything. So the shop was closed. Um, we're just going to sit and tell the last bit of the story. Give the uh, give them a chance to open up if if they might. But do you think they're opening every Sunday at twelve for a little shop like that? Like who's here? Yeah. If they sell a mug to me for six pounds, it's not exactly a bustling location. Let's no. Face it. But here we are, the trial. So like you said, it's Lancaster that were held. Yes. Lancaster Castle. Yeah, 
notoriously grim place, but it's probably what it's best known for is mm-hmm. holding the Pendle Witches. Um, and for listeners, that's quite away from here. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were taken all the way there and held. And you can visit, we're not going to go there today. No. <laughs> you can visit Lancaster Castle and have a little tour and they tell you about the witches there. Um, I read in, it didn't come up in the notes I took my notes from, but I read in one place, actually one of them was held in York. Yeah, that's what I read as Is well. Is that true? Yeah, apparently there was um, another uh, Jeanette uh, right. who was taken to... Well, I, it might have even been another Jeanette Davis, but the, the name was certainly Jeanette, and she was tried as a witch in York. Right. Entirely separate from this incident, though. Oh, it's completely... Okay, that's yeah. why it didn't come up again. Okay. Yeah. So it's a relation that was also trialled. Yeah. And that was in York. So York's not far from where I live. It's like 25-minute drive. And Lancaster wouldn't be too far from where you live, right? Uh, no, it's probably about, yeah, 30 minutes. Probably drive. about the same. So yeah. we're near to both of these places. But Lancaster, yeah, that's um, that's where they were held. And like you said, that is where old Demdike was the one that died. Yeah. Um, they were held until August at Lancaster. And um, Demdike dies in the dark, dank dungeon. Mm. So something I read, actually, that I never really thought about before was one of the things that they used against people as a form of torture was just feeding them bread and water. Right. And I never realised this is a torture, but it made complete sense when I read into it because what would happen, as you eat bread and water in your stomach, it starts to dry out and it basically right. becomes like a glue. So Ooh. it backs you up, ruins your intestines, causes all sorts of abdominal issues and can kill you. Wow. Yeah, so it's like a, just a form of living torture where they're technically feeding you, but they're also killing you. I love bread, though. Me too. <laughs> bit, bit of butter, though. I think bread is like one of the best foods. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Bit of bread, Kerrygold butter. Oh, so good. good. So good. Um, not saying I don't like water. I mean, I, all I drink is water, basically. I think water is amazing. It's um, just this drink that's readily available and it hydrates you it's amazing <laughs> you don't think about it too much <laughs> try this stuff right? <laughs> i'm trying to advertise it yeah. it's this drink water. <laughs> but i don't think about it that much but when you think about it water is kind of amazing it's it amazing. hydrates you it is like just there yeah for now until next lazy i don't up. um do you drink a lot of water just Hell as a yeah. sign yeah because yeah. some people don't they won't drink water or they'll have to put, like, flavouring in it or whatever. I've got two friends who live on drinking Diet Coke. Yes. Like, they, they live and breathe it. Like in the morning after breakfast, Diet Coke. Lunch, Diet Coke. Like they drink about six cans a day. Yeah, no, that's I not good. I couldn't live like that, man. I'm not actually that big a fan of um, fizzy drinks anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a rare occurrence. Every now and then I'll get a taste for it, but it's a, one of them things, like maybe twice a year. I'm, yeah. like, I'm a very rarely drink fizzy drink. Drink a lot of beer, that's no better for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, and uh, a lot of wine last night, which is why I'm a little bit groggy today. <laughs> and there was a whiskey festival last weekend, but <laughs> that's beside the point. I don't drink cocoa. <laughs> um, so anyway, the trial begins August 17th. It yep. goes on for three days. Now, we've mentioned Janet Davis yes. a few times. Yeah. Um, she was a key witness. She was. How old was, how old was Jeanette? Nine years old. Nine years old. Nine. Apparently she wasn't arrested uh, along with the rest of the family but, and, but it's not known what happened to her in that interim period when the family were, were under arrest. Some theorised that she was taken by the local magistrate, um, chap we mentioned Roger. earlier, Roger, uh, and she might have been conditioned for the trial because if 
in, in the book, the, wonder of, the wonderful discovery of witches in Lancashire, a lot of what she says sounds like rehearsed lines, especially ah, okay. for a nine-year-old. So what she did say is um, she identified those present at the Good Friday meeting feast. Yep. And uh, she got there and was like, yeah, it was them, 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 them. And this included um, her own mother, Elizabeth, who was removed from the court screaming and cursing her own child. Yeah. Um, it also included Alice Nutter, um, her own sister, her own brother, um, basically dobbed them all in. Yeah. Um, Probably not understanding truly what she was doing because no, she was nine years old. Which is a kid, they would have been saying, like, you got to tell the truth and yeah. all this stuff. Um, so, some of those on trial, uh, including uh, Alison Davis, they had taken so much to believing in their own witch powers. Like you said earlier, when she was already, after the incident, she was already getting on her knees and confessing to it. Yeah. And all the way through, they've all been like, conf- like why are they confessing to it? Because yeah. they believe it. Yeah. Um, they start believing their own bullshit. There's an age of ignorance. They didn't yeah. really know. So out of guilt and, and actual true belief in their own powers, when John Law, who had, had survived his, um, well, we said it was a stroke, but yeah. his, his curse, uh, when he entered the court, Alison fell on her knees, began crying, confessing and apologising and, you know, basically saying, yeah. And, um, did and they all swang from the gallows. Certainly did. All of them. Yeah. So if that feels in my notes that we haven't covered. Oh yeah, so apparently, um, whilst in court, uh, Jeanette Davis also accused Alice Nutter and her family. Mm-hmm. And uh, because the Nutters had a slightly higher standing locally and weren't paupers, uh, an identity parade was arranged in the court. And Jeanette went through one by one picking them out and accusing them of being at that Good Friday gathering. Interesting. Yeah. And apparently the um, the judge, uh, just because she was so young and was just testing her, asked her about a certain other person's name who wasn't present and asked if she was at this feast. And Jeanette, Jeanette turned around and said, no, sir, I don't know who that is. Right. So once again, sounds like she was conditioned. Yeah, I would, I would believe that. Yeah, so that's that's the main events of the story. I've got a few other notes of some locations, but we'll talk about them at the end because they're nearer to where we're going to end our route. I've actually got uh, another little follow-up tale. Go on. So uh, after everyone and everyone swung and Jeanette Davis survived, mm-hmm. there was uh, another tale uh, which came some twenty-two years later. Whoa! I ain't got this. Yeah. So um, nothing's known about what happened to. Jeanette, as I said, sorry, Janet. Uh, but in 1633, a 10-year-old old boy comes home late and his parents ask him where he's been. This boy's called Edmund, Edmund Robinson. And he told his parents that he was late because he was out picking berries and whilst doing so, he says he saw two greyhounds and he tried to get them to chase a hare. And they didn't move, so he beat them with sticks. <laughs> he then said that one turned into a witch and the other turned into a boy. Mm. The witch then turned the boy into a horse, grabbed Edmund up and galloped away and took him to a house. And Edmund said in this house there were 60 other witches. And uh, as he was watching them, they pulled on ropes that were hanging from the ceiling and amazing foods came tumbling down from the ceiling. He said he then ran away and claimed he was chased all the way back home. Um, And he also said on his way home he met a boy with cloven hooves and he fought with this creature. 
uh, the boy's father then took Edmund from village to village for three months and had the boy pointing out witches in local churches. And on this bizarre evidence, some 20 people were imprisoned and put on trial in 1634. And among these people was a Jeanette Devis. Mm. Now, it's not known if it was the same Jeanette Devis, but it's the same area, so it's very likely that it was. And she was accused of killing the wife of a William Nutter. Oh. Yeah. But this time, a new king was on the throne, which was Charles I, and his attitudes towards religion and witchcraft were a lot different from those of the previous king. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have the same uh, sort of accusations of uh, demons and witchcraft mm-hmm. uh, in, Not quite in his so wheelhouse. superstitious. Yeah. But 17 people were found guilty on Edmund's testimony. But in this new changed England, the matter was referred to London in um, 1634. And during a time when this was being debated in the courts, a play was actually put on at the same time of this kid's tall tale, detailing exactly what had happened, the arrests and everything. So this play was on whilst it's being debated in court whether Mm. these people were witches or not. Um, and as we said before, like suspicious marks, uh, you know, such as birthmarks and extra teats, apparently were yeah. were searched for. But uh, this this uh, investigation was done by a guy called William Harvey, who was apparently a pioneering doctor, and he he was the man who discovered how blood circulated through the human body. Oh wow, which is quite cool. Um, and he was brought in to examine the accused, and f- nothing was found, and and so evidence was needed. But the king then interviewed Edmund. Edmund broke down, admitted that he had lied and made up his stories after hearing the events of the Pendle Hill Witches. And then it further transpired that his father had in fact been blackmailing all of these women that were accused and accusing any who didn't pay of witchcraft. Hmm. And because of these bombshell revelations, the whole case fell apart and all were found not guilty. Wow, I did not come across that little additional story. Yeah, so that's what may have happened to the original Janet Devis. It's like a little epilogue tale. Well, let's go and try this shop once more. Yeah. And if it's not open, it'd be a shame. Um, But we'll head back to Bali. Yeah. Not in Indonesia. (laughs) Oh. It's open. Let's go. Mm. I'm in Witches Galore shop. I'm just looking at the tea towel on the trail of the Pendle Witches. And it has a list of the accused on it. And it says Anne Whittle, alias Chattox. It wasn't even a real name. It was Anne Whittle. So she had a cool witch name. Yeah. So Anne Whittle, Elizabeth Devis, James Devis, Anne Redfern, Alice Nutter, Catherine Hewitt, John Bullcock, Jane Bullcock, and Alison Devis. And it is with a Z. Yeah. Where's the de- where's Dev Den Dem Dyke on it? Hmm. Oh, maybe because she died. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be why. That's cool that. Like that. Small children, teenagers, older people, and you hear them saying, I love this shop, it's my favourite shop, and I think, why? It's always a bit of a chaos. <laughs> it's so cool. I love these sort of shops, so yeah. yeah. Where have you come from? 
I'm, I'm pressed in these okay. leads. Alright. We're here just uh, in the middle. Yeah, yeah. meet in the middle, go for a walk together. We've right. never been here, we're, we're interested in the history of it, so. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, recording a, a podcast about Kendall Witches. Yeah. I'm kind of amazed it's all in such a, a condensed area with the, the farms just up there and all yeah. the neighbours yeah. being so close. You just don't realise when you're sort of just reading about it on the internet. It's fascinating. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Are you alright with them? I'm alright, yeah, I can put it in here. Thank you. Just wants to think about it for a minute. And it's gone through. Come through? Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lovely. Great. Thank you. Have a good day. Cheers. Bye bye. Wow, 40 odd years. Yeah. Bloody hell. So that was an interesting little shop. Yeah, I was really quite Oh, you know what? I should get a picture of the shop. Yeah. So she said, all right, they've been there 42 years, but it's been open a lot longer. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be most of their life. She said her oldest son is 60. She looked probably, what, late 70s, early 80s? She's getting on. She is. She yeah. is. I think they had a bottle of Lucozade, which is what I need right now. <laughs> That was the most important thing. And, and oddly, a lot of cannabis flavoured stuff in there. <laughs> when you were paying, that's when I clogged it. That's where I went. I was like, what? Yeah. Load of cannabis incense and stuff. And all the cheesy sort of like um, ritual candles and yeah, goblets yeah. and bell, silver bells. Witches spell incense sticks, yeah. which I was tempted by just wondering what that smells like. And a book called Wikipedia. Very good. That was good. And I've just bought my daughter all of the Megan Mogg books. For those of you who haven't read them, check it out. Good kids' books. Wonderful. Yeah, it was a good little shop. I'm so glad it was open. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we stopped I'm in. I'm glad we had the little stop so we give them a chance to open up. And there was other customers in there. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Can't believe it. I know, because it's such a sleepy little town. We were running wild and so reviled Raising cane until we got exiled But times are changing So that was a tiny little village, barely even a village, is it? No. I was like, really oh, it must, it must expand out. No. One shop in the village, that's witches galore. But it's, it's like I said, look, this, this would have just been a, a tiny little hamlet back in the day. And it's interesting to actually put it into perspective just how small like the footprint of this whole incident is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I bought myself a mug and a tea towel, because of course. It's got to be done. Yeah, what's your, what's your classic? classic little merch you can get so i think that is pendle hill ah i think you're right yeah it has to be right well let's get a picture of pendle hill then that's the one and now we've got to get all the way back down there <laughs> that's all right it's all flat from here yeah downhill all the way i've got a little bit of info about pendle hill now i can actually see it oh cool Pendle Hill, what does my guide say? Is this the same guy she was trying to sell me? I think so. <laughs> she wanted a quid for it, cheap I didn't. I didn't want to be like, yeah, I've got my run that I printed off. <laughs> um, You've got to admire the upsell though. Oh yeah. So, Pendle Hill. This mysterious, why is it mysterious? It does, it does look quite imposing. Okay. This mysterious brooding landmark is brooding. brooding. I'll give it that. Will forever be associated with the Pendle Witches. But the hill was also the subject of religious inspiration. In 1652, George Fox, we just oh, saw this, yeah. climbed Pendle Hill and had a vision on the hill which inspired him to found the Quaker movement. There you go. 
it, its summit is known as the Big End. <laughs> <laughs> My summit is known as the Big End. <laughs> so simple, but very, very good. <laughs> um, it is the site of a Bronze Age burial mound. So there we go. Oh, cool. <laughs> Some people right at the top right now as well. Just oh, fuck that. We could even no, get on that hill in that no, field. <laughs> Something else that's quite interesting is um, Gallows Hill, as it's known, where the, the witches were hung, uh, is now a children's play park. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I saw a video online and it's just a nice little serene park in the, in the middle of a village. Hmm. Yeah, so with a very bleak and dark history. So we're not going to go there. There's one other spot on this route. Um, which is roughly, and roughly, what's there? It's the one place we're not going on the route. <laughs> I thought it was like, and it's roughly. Uh, <laughs> roughly <what? laughs> and um, so this is the uh, the story of roughly. Alice Nutter, this is Nutter, ah. was the widow of a yeoman farmer who lived at Crowtree's farm. In fiction, sorry, I'm trying to read and walk and there's traffic and a drain. And is that just a dog sitting in that it's field? Oh, it's sheep. a black sheep. It's the black sheep of the family. <laughs> right, okay, that's why I sat on his own. Right. Um, in fiction, she's always placed at roughly, roughly Old Hall. However, in 1612, at the time of the trial, the daughters of a man called John Smith uh, lived there. Accused of witchcraft and attending a witch's Sabbath, Alice remained silent throughout the trial. Perhaps she was a Catholic, wishing to hide attending a Catholic Mass. Oh. So, there we go. More, um, just religious uh, superstitions and stuff going on, isn't there? Yeah. So really, a lot of this you could technically blame on Henry VIII. Yeah. Him bringing the rise of uh, Protestantism into, into England, and then the paranoid superstitions of James I fueling all of that, and his demonology book. Those bloody kings. <laughs> you know what? I just want to, whilst I've got signal, hopefully, find the name of that witch book. You don't want to mention right at the start. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to fucking signal. No, I've got nothing. Uh, something like Morticarum or something? Morticarum? Can't remember. That's bad. So, sort of starting again, it's sort of the tale of four books. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah, shit. <laughs> totally forgot that's how we started it. Rick, I can edit it out. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. it, was, it was the King James I Bible, yeah. the uh, d- demonology book. Yeah. And the wondrous trial of witches in Lancashire, and then this other one that was the the precursor book that was that foundation that was put in via a papal bull via Pope Innocent the First, and he ordered these two men, uh, one German, one Austrian, to write this book. Yes. And it became the handbook on finding, dete- detecting, and persecuting witches. And that was what fueled a lot of the uh, sort of accusations of witchcraft across Europe and in England from the 14th century onwards. And that book is called The Melius Maleficarum. Right, Rick. We're at. Um, we're back in Bali. Yep. Sat um, on a little picnic bench in the park. Just had some lunch, cup of tea, cup of tea, cup of coffee, and uh, we're just wrapping up our, our journey. We were about to head home, and then we realised we hadn't recorded an outro. Um, 
I think we've told the whole story. There's nothing we've missed. No. And it's, a, it's an interesting tale. It was really nice to actually come and visit the place because it's not it super far. It's like an hour and a half for me. It's like just under an hour for Rick. And it's, um, it's different to come to the place where the events actually happened. I think that disconnect you get watching stuff on the internet makes it almost a bit larger than life. But when you're actually there and you see it, mm. it kind of normalises it. And you realise these were real people, these are real stories. And it's, it makes it almost sadder in a way. Yeah. And like you said, when we was walking past where the churches and the farms and stuff, you realise how close proximity everyone is. You do realise it's just like neighbourly squabbles yeah. that like Escalated. escalate. Yeah, it's, mm. it's really interesting. Yeah, it's a shame. Damn shame. So I didn't know anything about this Pendle Hill story until this week. I just knew Pendle Hill as a location. Yeah, same. I'd had a beer. There's like a beer called like Pendle Witches Brew or something that one of the local breweries does. And um, that's all I knew. I just knew that there was stuff about witches. So we said we'd do it. And I did without even knowing what the story was. And then when I looked into the story, it was it's a really interesting tale. Yeah. And it was a way more interesting tale than I was expecting. So, yeah, I'm glad we, we did it. Yeah, and I'm glad I've learned some history of my uh, adopted home county. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. So It's interesting that we I talked about doing Pendle Hill so many years ago. And now, like, I live in the neighbouring county. You live in the actual county where it is. Like, all of the Weird Tales crew have sort of shifted around the country. It's only beef in the fort down where we all actually <laughs> used to actually live. Um, so, it's interesting. I think we had some American listeners who are visiting the UK recently who are just like, hey, I'm going to be in London. I'll come meet you guys. I'm like, I live a long way from London <laughs> oh, now. Yeah. We've all moved around a lot. So. Um, I can't remember your name, but I'm sorry I didn't see you in London. I was actually there last weekend, but you weren't there. Um, I can't remember what we're talking about. Yeah, just waffling on. This is yeah. the end of the episode, guys. Um, if you want to get in contact, it's WTT. <laughs> it's WTATUPod at gmail.com. And you can go to weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com to follow all the links there if you want to. Uh, Rick, you've got some stuff you want to plug. I do. I'm, I'm going to hand you the recorder. Go for you. it. Um, I'm actually going to plug myself, which go sounds horribly wrong. No, no. <laughs> Um, I would suggest you wait till you got home for that. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is a family-friendly location. Go plug yourself. <laughs> so um, after doing uh, a bit of weird tales and then uh, five minute folklore with you, obviously, uh, I have decided to branch out and get into doing proper voice acting. Uh, I've got a few projects under my belt, and I've got a lot of confidence and a decent setup. So. Uh, Dear listener, if you are in need of a voice actor for your project, you can reach me at castingcall.club slash rick underscore dove. You're welcome to drop me a message on there. Uh, it's also got my Discord ID. You're welcome to add me if, uh, if you just fancy a chinwag. But yeah, give us a shout for all your voiceover needs. Lovely. Very professional plug. <laughs> I couldn't even remember my own email address. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, you know, Rick's a great voice actor. You've listened to Five Minute. Hopefully, you've checked that out if you listen to Weird Tales. Um, and you would have. Uh, I, I did used to like hearing from listeners who said um, they, they knew you were on like ninety nine percent of those episodes. Yeah. So they like trying to oh that's Rick like trying to pick out the voice that you did each time. Spot the Rick. Yeah, the man of a million voices. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you if you've got a project or know someone that is is in need of a voice actor as a project, get hold of Rick because he's trying to, he's trying to build up a portfolio to uh, do a bit more voice stuff. And uh, I, I like doing uh, free projects as well. Just to mention, uh, I'm not exclusively a paid voiceover artist, although if you're offering, I ain't going to say no. But I do a lot of like student projects and all sorts, uh, YouTube series. I do narration, podcasts. I'll turn my hand to anything. He's doing it for. Uh 
the E word at the moment, exposure. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's more of a hobby. And as for well. fun as well. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always liked silly voices. It's so. like an end goal would be it would be lovely to make some money out of this, but for the meantime, it's a nice hobby. Yeah, exactly. Which is the perfect place to be. Yeah. Um, and I've got a couple of uh, indie computer game roles coming up as well, so you might hear my dulcet tones on a couple of games. So uh, watch this space. So yeah, get hold of Rick, or if you or get hold of me, and I can pass you on. Just you know, just uh, give Rick a plug. So um, I think we're done. I was trying to think like why haven't I said what I've said it all. Yep, so, I think we're all good. I feel like winding just. <laughs> All this walking has, has gone to my head and I'm like deflating now and I haven't been wearing my glasses for about <laughs> three hours now. My eyes are really tired. <laughs> really tired. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go home, lay in bed, play on my Steam Deck. Sounds good. <laughs> and then we're back to work tomorrow. What are you doing later on, listener? <laughs> just email me and let Get me in know. Touch, yeah. um, in terms of Weird Tales stuff, just to give you a heads up, I know we're a bit um, higgledy-piggledy is the technical term for the scheduling at the moment. <laughs> And um, but I think Beef's next. He's hopefully he's getting something sorted out. So you know when it's done, it's done at the moment. And um, Weird Tales Revisited will be getting retired soonish. We've got one more revisited with Rick before he uh, moves on to other projects. Unfortunately, yep. <laughs> so um, um, send some messages thanking Rick that I can I can tell him on the next revisit because it'll be his last one. And uh, until then, yeah, love you lots, bye. Love ya, bye bye. We were gonna do another one this year. Where's he gonna go? Um, well, when I tell you the place, listen, I don't know if we said this on show, but when I tell you the place, you'll be like, oh, that's why they didn't go there. Actually, it was supposed to be last year. Uh, we were supposed to go to Ukraine. Oh. And then um, some stuff happened over there and we couldn't go. Chernobyl? Yeah, we were going to yeah. stay in Kiev because I just would love to go to Kiev. Um, and then obviously you've got Chernobyl down the road. So that was going to... that. W- Beef was stressing out about it already, even though we hadn't even booked anything. He was like, I don't know if I can go in there. Oh, I don't know. What about my sperm and all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh my sperm, sperm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then he said he ran it by Rachel and she said it was fine <laughs> you know what I've actually always wanted to go because being a complete nerd I was always into the stalker computer games yeah 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 and that that was one of my formative moments with gaming like seeing a big open world where you could explore a dark interesting story and I got into reading up about Chernobyl and Pripyat and I always wanted to visit um, when I was young, I started making uh, like a just a homemade comic book. Oh yeah. And that was called the Chernobyl Boy. Oh. And it was about a guy, a kid who got superpowers from the incident rather than um, <laughs> horrible disfigurements. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe slightly untasteful, but I was young. Yeah. Um, I was like a young teen. I thought it was a cool idea. Um, so that was it, the Chernobyl Boy. Did you ever watch the Chernobyl series? I'm watching it right now. Oh, it's fantastic. I've only just, it? it's one of them, I don't get time to watch much TV. Um, and I'm a film nerd, so I watch films all the time. So TV, TV shows always pass me by. But I finally got around to it because everyone hassling me. And it's great. I'm only one episode in, but it it's very is. good. Yeah, yeah. It really gives a, a good picture of exactly what happened. And it, the tone is just bang on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
don't know how much of that I'm going to leave in. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. A bit about Chernobyl on a wish episode. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.